Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, brought to you as always by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged, 707Walnut, always at LLPavorsky.com. I am Spike Eskin, along with the Grinder's own, Mike Levin. Good. You grinding? You grinding, buddy? You grinding? Oh, man. So hard. So hard and good. What's up? Do you guys ever make, uh, like, work the word the grinder in like because i i i just like last second thought it was funny to ask if you were grinding uh <laughs> do you work that with that word in ever or no i think that we work it in a little i can't tell if you're being sarcastic no it's it's it's, it's, it's actually making me laugh like uh, I'm, I'm not being... we, we like very uh, people that very obviously do yeah so i wasn't sure if you were just being a a dick or not? No, I mean, I mean, like um, on set, not on uh, the actual show. But um, I would be using it constantly. Uh, I think on on the pilot, it was probably like cute and funny, and now like nine months <laughs> in, it's just like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's the name of the show. Uh huh. Yeah, it makes me laugh. But then again, I'm not there every day. So there you go. All right. Uh, before we get to the trade deadline, we have some stuff to go over. Uh, the podcast is always uh, available on Stitcher and iTunes, the bus trip. Make sure you get your T-shirt sizes into Joe, joe at fansoffilly.com. You've seen the design done by our own Kevin Lennertz, who did the lottery party shirt last year. <clears throat> it is uh, Nerlens with Bust the Process carved in his hair. We haven't started printing the shirts yet because I wanted to wait till after the trade deadline to see if we needed to do an alternate design, but <laughs> but we're good to go. So there is that Ricky Knight at the Sixers. So this is um, this is pretty funny. Um, we we sold all of the possible um, mezzanine <coughs> center tickets. At all that, of the possible mezzanine tickets. Well, okay, so we were doing it at a certain price point, the twenty three dollars. Uh-huh. So that was me- okay. mezzanine center uh, rose eight to fifteen. Um, so we've sold all of those. We're right around like uh, we're over three hundred now. So the Sixers gave me an option. They were like, "Look, if you want, just so people can get a discount on tickets because there's no real tickets left in those sections, we will open up <coughs> the discount code for the entire building." And uh, if you basically, if you're buying a ticket to that game, if you want to come and hang out at the happy hour, all that stuff, and you want to buy a ticket to the game, if you just go to Sixers.com/promo and use code RTRS, the whole building is like 34% off for you. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, so that's the group rate. So they basically are giving you the group rate for any ticket in the building. So if you don't want to sit upstairs with us, now there's still tickets. <clears throat> there aren't tickets like. <clears throat> In the exact rows that we're in, but like remember, we're spread out through the entire mez. So honestly, I would tell you just buy a ticket somewhere in the mez, and you'll be with us. So and remind, remind people what day this is. Oh yeah, yeah, it's Friday. It's Friday against the Wizards, uh, February twenty sixth. So against Markeith Morris and the Wizards. Yeah, against Markeith Morris and the Wizards. Now the T-shirts you can still order, but they're not guaranteed to arrive by the game anymore. Uh, but you can go to cheesesteaktees.com. They're 19 bucks. The happy hour is at the Cure Auto Club from 5 to 7 before the game. You, people have been asking if they have season tickets, if they can come. Like, just say rights to Ricky Sanchez and they'll let you in. Like, you don't need a special ticket or anything. <laughs> and honestly, you could say anything and probably get in. But that's where we'll be. We'll be at the Who's, who's going to be at the door and will they be down with TTP? Um Respond. Whoever's at the door will have to say, "Yeah, you know, lick face," like forty-five times. 
I'll have to the person at the door will just be a Cure Auto Club like employee or a Wells Fargo employee, so I'll have to warn them about that. Like <laughs> it'll be funny. They will the, the person at the door will be the one tr- having to like give the code word to get into the party. Um, uh, so chant leaders. So I have chant leaders in section two twenty four. Shout out to Miggy two thirteen uh, to Jake two twelve is Chuck two eleven is Brian two four. Uh, no, not Chuck Okafor. Um, and 204 is Tyler. I could still use them in sections 215, 214, uh, 201, 202, 203. So if you are interested in being a chant leader, email me spike.eskin at gmail.com. Um, I think we decided that the chants are going to be easy. They're just going to be like uh, process and uh Nerlands, and i think we should do orchard and stuff like that so i'll i'll do a post later in the week with all we of gotta, them we got to find a moon chant yeah yes but it's only one syllable so yeah, that's which the i like it yeah <laughs> moon <laughs> all right so that's that's all of the um the stuff oh and one more thing for the oh okay wait wait a minute um oh okay so then we have an announcement right we we'll do it here oh where where it is yeah uh no no not that the actual the lottery party, yeah where the lottery party is okay yeah so so for the lottery party here are the rules um we wanted somewhere where we could have free parking we wanted somewhere where it could be all ages and we wanted somewhere this year where we could be mostly sure that people wouldn't be turned away at the door like they were last year because Buffalo Wild Wings got um got too full. Too full. Yes. So um, after some uh, negotiating. We're um, doing it at Spike's house. We're doing it at my house. One person actually suggested – do you know the ver- – well, that's another story for another time. Somebody suggested the Granite Run Mall, which is now vacant, and I oh did. Oh, my god. Yeah. That would have been I, really cool. I, I sent an email, and the guy gave me a very quick, fast, hard no. Uh-huh. Um, but it would have been awesome. So yeah. it will be – um, at Xfinity Live Bang. Um, in South Philly. Bang. Um, it will be um, – uh, it's May 17th, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Xfinity Live will put the lottery on the giant screen they have in there. Um, they have given us access to the, uh, the microphone as well. Um, they have told our charities that we could, they could be on site. So the Alzheimer's Association of the Delaware Valley, and we'll have to contact Rain. They'll be able to be on site. They're making a, a generous donation to both charities. And here's the deal with parking. So there's a Phillies game that night. So normally parking would not be free, but Xfinity Live is going to uh, – we will have a link in the coming days where you will be able to download a free ticket from the Xfinity Live website. You'll just have to bring that ticket, either print it out or put it on your phone, and you'll be able to park for free that night. So they are making an exception. They don't have this exception any other night that there's a home Phillies game the rest of the year. Um, but they can if, you, fi- if you haven't been to Xfinity Live, it's very big. Yes. And there are many large television – monitors yes and the one in the middle is enormous like it is huge there's gonna be envelopes opening on so many big screens yes yeah it's gonna be really awesome i'm really excited for the like the venue itself is perfect for it we've like it's amazing that we've grown to the size that we need they can fit a couple of thousand people in there uh maybe two i think three thousand they can fit in there and like it's amazing that we've come to the point where we actually need a place that size to be able to fit everyone in this is where where we will build our orchard. Yes. We have um, 
uh, Mike and I have talked about a potential lottery party T-shirt option. So uh, we'll do the same thing this year. Well, you'll buy your ticket on your buy your T-shirt online from Cheese Steak Tees and then pick it up for free at the party. Um, LL Pavorsky will be on site and giving away like we'll have hugs. a a big hugs as many hugs as you want and uh-huh. a big uh, jewelry giveaway as well. Ooh. Yeah. So um, more we are really like fashioning people total wardrobe. Yes. Yep. Uh, ridiculous t-shirts and jewelry. So. <laughs> Perfect. We just get like a shorts. Ricky shorts would be cool. Yeah, Ricky shorts would be, be cool. Um, uh, Xfinity Live said they'll give away some gift cards there. We'll have giveaways like every half hour. So there will be a post uh, this week with all of the information with your ability to print your parking ticket. But but uh, May 17th, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., the 2016 Rights to Ricky Sanchez Lottery Party will be happening. And speaking of which, um, so uh, the Xfinity Live people have a – on that big screen, they have all of their upcoming events like big giant – like a big giant slide for it or whatever. And um, they're allowing us to create a big giant slide for it. But I am not really good at like art on the computer. So if you are good at art on the computer and would like to create our big giant slide for the Xfinity Live big screen, please let me know, and I will. Uh, I will. It would, get ju- with it you. would just be a just like an image, right? Yeah, an image, but like with the the date and the words. Yeah, so it's just an image. I mean, wor- worse comes to worst, it feels like we can just use the. Uh... The T-shirt, the Embiid T-shirt. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, you worst want- comes to worst. Yeah. But I, I, you know, well, the problem is, is oh yeah, we could put that like on the right and then put the information on the left. I guess that would work. Um, yes, mm-hmm. worst comes to worst. But if if you are an a computer art person and have an idea, please let me know, and um, and we would be, I would be glad to give you the opportunity to create that design. Well, we'll give you a shout out. Um, it was funny when they were asking me because they'll put the uh, they'll put this event on their like event calendar, and he's like uh, Anthony, the guy that was working with over there. He's like, "All right, so what is this called again?" And I go, <laughs> "The Rights to Ricky Sanchez Lottery Party." And he goes, "Are you allowed to use the name Ricky Sanchez?" And I was like, "I I don't know." <laughs> and, he's like, <laughs> and he was like, "Okay." He was like, "Are people gonna know what that is?" And I was like. Look, the only people that are coming are the people that know what it is. So yes, you know what I mean. So so uh, so we're excited to have it there. We're thankful that they were, we were able to arrange free parking. That's what the holdup was. So, but we'll be able to have free parking and all that stuff, and uh, and teenagers will be able to come too. So, which is always very important to me. Yeah, that's uh, it's going to be super weird. I'm excited about it. Can I tell you before we get into the trade deadline? Can I tell you sort of a funny story? Yeah. Also, uh, Alyssa is going to try to come to the lottery party. So, ooh. I, yeah. Well, it's, that's it's, be weird. So Val will have someone to uh, to commiserate with. During no, <laughs> Alyssa's going to be trusting the process with everybody else. Oh, really? She's really got to. You think she's got to trust the process? Oh yeah, for sure. She might be wearing. If she wants to get beat up, she might have a Lakers jersey under on underneath. But uh, well, let me tell you something. If she wears the Lakers jersey and it finishes at four. Uh, and the Lakers are at four or something. She will get taunted like nobody's business. It'll be sure. hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. But I, she's actually at this point more of a Sixers fan than a Lakers fan. She was talking to her dad, and her dad was like, "The Sixers, like, why does he? They suck." And Alyssa's like, "Well, okay, no, they're really going to get." <laughs> it, was, it was fun to hear her defend him. <laughs> That's great. She was uh, very sad that Jakar got cut. Anyway, let's get into the podcast. Yes. All right. So this is a funny trusting the process story. So Ray Dittinger, 
uh, uh, NFL Hall of Famer and and uh, Philadelphia legend um, has written a play. I promise this is going to get back to trusting about trusting the process. He wrote a play about his relationship with former Eagles uh, receiver Tommy McDonald. Weird. And uh, and it's really I went to a so it's going to be there was a reading of it uh, last or in May or something, and there's going to be like an actual stage production <coughs> this summer. With- with actors or like Michael Barkin? No, no, real actors, like actual actors. So I went to a, um, I went to a reading at the director's house, like a, uh, like a couch reading or whatever it was, with the actors, like with the guy that plays Tommy McDonald, with the guy that plays like the nine-year-old, like Ray Dittinger, with Ray, like a bunch of people watching. It was really good for what it was for what it's worth. But we're waiting to start, and everyone is waiting on the guy that is playing like you know, 90s Ray Dinger or whatever, like adult Ray Dinger. And he find, and, and the background here is that Ray, like I work with Ray. Ray is a great guy. Ray does not trust the process. Like not in, in, <laughs> in any way, shape or form, Ray does not like he, he trusts anything but the process, let's say. So, so finally, um, the, uh, the guy that plays Ray shows up you know, he's like, uh, you know, maybe 33 or something like that. I had never met him before. And there's, I don't know, 25 people there. And he walks right up to me and shakes my hand and goes, are you down with TTP? (laughs) (laughs) And I just, I started laughing. And I go, no, not Ray. And he started laughing. And then I actually, and then I go, oh, I guess I have to say it, don't you I? Yeah, say it back. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise he's hang, hanging out to dry. <laughs> so I said it, and that was it. And I didn't, I didn't reveal to Ray that the guy playing him was a truster of the process. You didn't really? Oh, come on. No, I, I well, I like, I don't want to, I don't want to sully him on the actor. Like, I want to make sure that they go, they go forward with the same staff that is that is playing Ray. But let's uh, do the uh, hearing that they're not. Trust in the process is uh, is such an easy way to siphon out people I don't want to talk to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I just got a two eleven chant leader, uh, Fred. Fred is in for two eleven. Okay, right. let's talk. Um, let's uh, let's after twenty minutes of this, let's get to the actual podcast. So trade deadline. Another huge trade deadline move for the Sixers. That is th- <laughs> <laughs> three years in a row. Yeah. Um, the Sixers do not disappoint. Sam Hinkie coming through with a franchise-altering trade. Well, I'm glad that they, that they did something. You know, I think people were going to read into Jerry or Sam either way. And Sam doing a very Sam move feels good. To me, yes, it was a very Sam-looking move. It was it was a low-level Sam move, but it was still a Sam move. Yeah, and I think there is the sense of, and you know, we've heard some whispers of it since, but of people like not really wanting to negotiate with the Sixers or not wanting to just like give the Sixers more assets, whatever it is. Um, But and I think that's we're like, yeah, that's that tracks with what we've heard basically in in deciphering which which rumors are fake or real um but you know that uh, i wasn't expecting them to make a huge <laughs> deal anyway at the deadline any nerlands or jaleel trade feels like it would be made closer to draft time yeah when they know the results of the lottery i feel like i feel like you, that those deals are a lot easier to make when you know what the pick is you know yeah, and also kind of like who's coming out yeah if somebody gets seriously hurt whatever it's it it 
there's no real advantage for almost anyone to do it now. And I think that, you know, if they, if they wanted to draft, you know, let's talk about it with Jaleel because there's the rumor that Danny Ainge was really targeting Jaleel for, for that Brooklyn pick and maybe some other stuff. Um, you know, if you're drafting Jaleel for a half a season, when he's done, I would say better than we thought he would be done. If you didn't like Jaleel before the season, you either are even on him or you're like, oh, he's done a little bit better. Or he looks, he scores a little bit easier than I thought he would in the pros, especially lately. So, and I mean, that's for me. Like, I, I had him eighth, as I said, on my board. And I think he's been a, a little better than I thought he would be. Um, so if, if you know who he was, then, you know, you don't trade him after half a season. That's not maximizing value. That's not doing anything. I, I, it, I, I will always come back to that Jaleel draft pick and, and wonder all the circumstances that were, came into play there and what the total thought process was and something that we'll never know. But if you drafted him with the idea of, you know, let's see, you don't trade him after half a season. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, most of the league it seems like is scared it like doesn't make big trades now anymore. I mean, it seems harder and harder to well, make trades. They did last year. Well, but big ones last year. Um, well, what was last year aside from MCW? I mean, Isaiah Thomas. I mean, there's not there weren't any superstar trades, were there last year? Uh, no, not superstar trades, but yeah. the I think that four teamer in the you know, Brandon Knight, MCW, Goran yeah. Dodgett stuff. I think that's that was pretty big for a, a deadline trade. Sure. And I think uh, I think I really do think that um, on the precipice of what will be the weirdest summer in a long time in the NBA, I think everyone's like, all right, well, let's just see. I don't want to make a big trade that could get me fired before the summer where I could, you know, go recruit a free agent or whatever. Do you think it's possible? Well, first of all, there's fewer and fewer. There have to be fewer and fewer like dumb GMs, I think. Yes, and there's certainly fewer dumb GMs, and really there's fewer bad contracts in the face of the cap expanding. Right. And then the other thing is, is do you think – so this this starts with – I was reading – I was reading Nate Silver's book once, and I I was thinking, does the reporting of who it looks – like does the reporting of polls in – in elections, actually, like, does the reporting of who is ahead actually affect who wins? You know what I mean? Like, does the the idea that you know who a favorite is or who is leading that that could change your vote? So, people prognosticating who would win could, are actually having an effect on the election. I think. In yeah, some, and in it, I think it also maybe what you're trying to say is that the people who respond to polling are not the same people that who respond to actually voting. Right, but yeah, well, maybe yes, and but I guess the the question is that well, what it led me to in a roundabout way was does the reaction to to trades nowadays, which is so loud and so like damning, does it does it prevent people from making trades or does it make them think twice? Like uh, it'll take. I mean, how many great trades would Vlade Divac have to make at this point to overcome his reputation that he is a dunce? You know, yeah, I, I do wonder, and I feel like it is. You know, we hear the Sixers like looking at some local media, some this podcast, our Twitters, whatever. Are the Kings looking at other people's Twitters and be like, "Oh, fuck"? Yeah, they have <laughs> we, to be right. We can't do this. 
I think they have to be. I think it's it's strange, and I don't think people realize the effect that they have uh, on Twitter to, or just whatever to like really change what organizations are doing if they're dumb enough to listen to the fans, or not even the fans, but just like everybody. You know, the media, the fans, like yeah, just the – yeah. yeah. And it was it was interesting. I actually – I got an email from one of our chant leaders, Chuck, this week on it. And I had to, I had listened to it. Woj, over the All-Star break, did a – like a front office roundtable with three assistant GMs. I think the Warriors, the Rockets, and the Jazz assistant GMs. And – the two things that they pointed out as most important in a trade partner with somebody is one that uh, – wait, what were the two things? One that, that like they care about more than just themselves, like that they care about whatever your needs are too. But the other one, and I think the most important one, is that you're not going to leak things to the media to try to gain – traction in a trade, that they all mentioned that that was the most important part to them. And it seems – like I would imagine that part of that, you know, part of that is you don't want public opinion swaying, you know, you, you don't want that out there before you make the deal. And it makes Certainly. it harder to make deals. And it, it becomes interesting when somebody to me, when somebody like Danny Ainge is is getting on and there's I think Zach Lowe said Zach Lowe thinks that Danny Ainge is lying, actually. That they there he wasn't on the precipice of any big trade. And that he's just doing that to sort of play the media and play fans and play other GMs. And I think it's the whole thing is, is sort of weird. And I wonder if it's gotten to the point based on their reaction, if it's gotten to the point where using the media is almost like useless now. Now it's just annoying and everybody I wonder if people wish they could go back to when they you know, to to just being able to do deals with each other without having to deal with that pressure of the response. Yeah. You know, I haven't listened to that podcast yet, but I really want to. Yeah, it, wait. The best part, I think it's the, it's you have to please listen to it. It's about six minutes in. I think it's the jazz assistant GM says something about processing the process, and it was like the most pro, like like he used almost like process as an adjective to describe the process and it was That's the cool. greatest thing i've ever heard yeah so the the trade itself was fine i mean i i'm hoping you know obviously the fact that Jac- i would imagine the reason that they put jakar on waivers rather than kendall is because they felt like they could get jakar back and kendall maybe would have been claimed i think that's probably why i agree with happened. that but i i i don't know why they wouldn't put elton brand on waivers unless it's like a pride thing that he wouldn't want to get cut and then re-sign. Or maybe a contractual thing. I don't know. I don't know maybe. if it's a contract thing because I think there's certain rules where you can't – there's something in the CBA where a guy has to have been on your team for a certain amount of time for them to like re-sign with you if you've been cut. So I wonder if Brand hasn't been on the team long enough to be cut and then re-signed. That, okay. that would be yeah. my only question. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, Jakar out of everybody else seems to be the most like, okay, man, I, I hope we get you back. Um, I'd be sad if he goes somewhere else. I'd be happy that someone else claimed him. Yeah. Won him, but yeah, I'd be yeah. sad if, if he doesn't stay because he's so deep process. Yeah, he's, I'm, I mean, probably the most processed sixer right now, right? I mean, he's the most, the most, you know, I think he's if he's not the most process, he's tied for the most process. And I really think he's next next year is where he steps up. I hope it's in Philly. 
he I, I love so much about him. I love the yeah. fact that he doesn't do anything really well offensively. It makes me like him more. I like the fact that he is from LeBron's hometown and kind of looks like LeBron a little bit. Like, like a spe- he, he has he has been he gets to the basket. Yeah, but he doesn't he doesn't uh, he doesn't finish real well. He's finished better. Mm, I still I, I still believe in Jakar. I believe in him only because I I like him and I think it was you know it's funny uh, and maybe it's just a headline. Um, the headline there was a Philly dot com article about Jakar like with quotes from Jakar and it was like Jakar Sampson doesn't hold anything against the Sixers for cutting him. It's like why the fuck should he like this guy would yeah. not have been in the NBA if it wasn't for the Sixers yeah. definitely not for two years on the on the same team like that guy would have been if anything t- he'd been playing in Greece or Turkey if he was lucky I mean he should thank the Sixers thank the the lucky his lucky stars for the Sixers yeah I don't think uh people will see it that way Okay, yeah, I, I don't yeah. think the Sixers, I don't think NBA players look at the Sixers and being like, "This is a haven for me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I think he's just like, you know, I'm. You were. It's probably some sense of like, he probably gets it. Yeah. But there's also probably some sense of, you know, you work with me so hard. I work. I I work for you, and you know, this is how you repay me. I'm sure there's that. Well, yeah, but I mean, he all he said was like, "I have nothing but love for all those guys," and blah 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 yeah. blah blah. Like he was, yeah, you yeah. know, pretty positive. You know, I'm sure it's a bummer to get cut, but like, yeah. but just in a, in, a, in an objective sense, it would it would seem like he, you know, he was given a, a pretty good opportunity. And yes, I hope he's back. They, Sam said, uh, they he's on waivers until five o'clock on on Sunday, and then they could reclaim him if they wanted to. So, I really want him back. I would they would they. Would it be a reclaim under the same contract, or would it be? No, you'd have to sign a, him to a new deal. I think. So we'd give him the to- a total new Hinky special. That'd yeah, cool. another four years. I would love another four years. I think that would push him over the edge. I think if we have him for if we get your car for six good years, <laughs> that's how you really know. That's how you'll really be able to judge. I don't want to. I don't want to belabor the Okafor trade because we don't really know what it was, what the offer was, and people were asking me, and I'm the wrong person to ask because people were like, "Would you have done it for the Brooklyn pick?" And it's really, it's funny because I, I don't think that's a good value for him. I don't think it's good enough value not knowing where that pick is because if that is the fourth or fifth pick, I think you can do better. But on the same end, if you had told me they traded him for a top five pick, I'd be like, oh, okay. But that's just my particular, like, you know. It's it's weird. It's really weird. Okafer uh, slant. He, he's so tough to judge value-wise because you. I think your people are really polarized about him because yeah. – you wouldn't trade him. I mean, you know, he was going to be the number one pick for a long time in this draft, like a long time. Yep. And then, you know, some weaknesses showed, and, and Towns got better, and D'Angelo came out of nowhere, and uh, and yeah. So I think if you trade him for, you know, it's it's hard because it's like this is too early to do anything. Like you just drafted him third overall in a better draft. It's very difficult. I feel weird about. It. I mean, I again, you know, in, in trades that I would, you know, I got a little frisky before the deadline and started offering him for like Hazonia or D'Angelo or um, Stanley Johnson or whoever. And I like all those guys more, and I have since the draft. So, but people people see the number three next to him and they're like, well, you can't trade him for a guy 
who is number six or number seven, and it's like, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't it's matter just, now. Yeah, you, just, you it's just where they were. You can't. He, I'm not saying he was a mistake. Please don't pro Okafor people, but you can't. You can't double down on a like. You're not justifying a mistake by by like by not fixing it. If you think you should have taken, I know Porzingis wasn't offered, but if you know if you think that that Porzingis was the right pick and you were offered Porzingis for Okafor, saying no because you didn't make that trade. You know what I mean? Like because you didn't make that yeah. choice six months ago is stupid. Like yeah. you're just hurting yourself. So I don't I, think that matters. I do. I do think they made a mistake in drafting Okafor. I think it's it was the wrong pick then. And I think it's the wrong pick now. It's. I mean, I think he can be a good player. I think he has the potential to be a, a one way stud in the league. But in terms of what this team is building towards. That I, I think they should have picked somebody else based on the way the team is going. I didn't. Th- I don't think it's as easy to trade him as they probably thought when they took him to be like, all right, well, we'll you know we'll trade we'll trade him when it, when the time's right. And I don't think it'll be as easy as a call um, or as fair value wise as they uh, as, as they probably thought. were thinking. Yeah, I would I would probably agree with that. I um I I hesitate to say anything. I've I've like I, I feel like I've <laughs> I've turned off I've turned off a a handful of Ricky listeners with my attitude about um about Okafor. And I feel like I'm like I I don't know why people get so mad at um just the idea of me giving my stupid opinion. I like I I don't know why anyone sure. is so. Like if you if you're in this deep with the podcast, as long as I'm not taking like personal attacks on him, I don't know what the big deal is, but whatever. Yeah, uh, well, I think it's I think people do gravitate. You know, I there's obviously been the big movement towards analytics over the past, you know, let's say five, eight years, uh, especially in the last three or four. Um, and so people are paying attention to that, and people are paying to def- attention to defense more. But at at its core, they see a guy who can score in the post and puts up tangible numbers, whether it's like seventeen and seven or whatever. And they see that, and they're like, "He's nineteen. He's a rookie. He can get better." It's the idea of like he can get better. Look at what he's doing now, and they can't really get past it to be to think about what else could happen. I think it's a lot of the why MCW was so people were so bummed about him moving although I think they had more time to get frustrated by MCW yeah and with Jaleel you're just seeing a guy who has like really good footwork in the post uh has expanded his game already in the first season in terms of just like stepping out hitting a jump shot uh and being more face up and uh and the hope is that he gets better and I, I think he will get better I just think that the way that this team is built to play uh, and to succeed and to best maximize its assets is not with his style of play. Uh, I would agree with that. I'll tell you the the one thing about his offense that one one of the things is is that like I'm I'm not even just thinking about the defense thing. I think like when I watch him play offense, like too much of it to me is. Like he goes on an island real quick, yeah. and too much of it to me is him at the top of the key getting it and doing his like his dribble spin move thing that always ends in a shot, always, always, always ends in a shot. And yeah. and when we talk about 
you know, him being good offensively is that he can get a shot. That's what he mm-hmm. can do. But but I, even Nerlens last night made a couple of passes and had a couple of looks underneath that yeah. if if I feel like if and I'm not just this isn't to say that he'll never be able to do it. But if I, I feel like if Okafor would lift his head up every once in a while and take mm-hmm. a look, there would be way more opportunities for him to be able to create. And it's too easy to say, well, there's nobody good on the team and blah, yes. blah, 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 blah. There's, there's, that's, that's, there's people who can shoot on the team, you know? Yeah, sure. And also people like Jeremy and Jakar who cut a lot and make themselves available and Nerlens also. And if they can find it, if he can do a better job of finding his teammates more, uh, yeah, and that is the thing that he can get better at, for sure. For sure, and I think he will. I mean, the, his, his ability to pass out of the post um, was seen as at initially a strength and then sort of like, oh, he can get better at that around draft time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Nerlens' sneaky good passing ability is a really big asset in the kind of team that Brett Brown wants to run. Um. But you know, Joel Anthony will be will be there catching lobs. So. <laughs> I really uh, have loved Joel Anthony for a long time. Um, I love Joel Anthony on that Heat team. He was a yeah. uh, you know he was a he was an actual player on the on that Heat team in the beginning. Yeah. You know, yes, for sure. He's never going to play here, but you don't think? No, I don't think so. I mean, there's been a lot of. I mean, is he is he with a team right now? No, because um, the trade isn't. Uh, I think they still have to do a what's it called a um, physical a physical and I I don't think the way Sam said it it was sort of like we will um, wait until the trade wait until five o'clock Sunday and then we'll decide who's on the team so you know I I don't know that he's with maybe he is but I haven't seen like even a no I I, I don't know that he wasn't with the team last night or he wasn't on the bench or anything so mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I would prefer Jakar. It'd be it'd be sort of cool, you know. It'd be sad, but if uh, if Jakar ends up getting claimed somewhere else, then and and they don't want Joel, then it. Uh, well, we can do ten days. It's, yeah, you it's, get back to ten days. We yeah, it's no, ten days season. Spot, starting yeah. feeling frisky. You yeah. see, Phil Pressy just got signed. Oh, did he? Yeah, ten day for Phil. Well, wasn't he on? Was he on Sacramento or Boston? Wasn't he on Boston? He was on Boston before the Sixers. Okay, then who? Oh, Tim Frazier is the guy that's on a team. Tim yeah, Frazier's on a team somewhere. I think he's on Portland early. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. How about Portland beating Golden State last night by thirty? Yeah, that's crazy. Dame Lillard going off after the All Star game is was like the most predictable yeah. upset to ever happen. Still pretty crazy. Fifty one points on I think twenty eight shots or something like that. Yeah, he can get hot. So the rest of the deadline. Actually, before we get to the rest of the deadline, you want to talk about L. L. Pavorsky Jewelers, our sponsor. God, can we? The ex- <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. The exclusive sponsor of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is the only process uh, TTP or friendly jeweler in all of America, located in Philadelphia. That is LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Look, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Not only does he have fantastic product that you've seen, not only does he have a beautiful store, a beautiful low-pressure store, you know, not Mm. one of those jewelry stores like in the mall or even on Jewelers Row where you go in there and they're, you know, they're on you like a hawk. Lee's just going to go over. He's going to shake your hand. He's going to offer you some chocolate. He's going to let you wander the store. And because of the way that he he treats everyone, which is like 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 diamonds and 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 gold. That's how he treats you. He treats you like his product. 
um, that's where you want to go for an engagement ring. You want a low pressure dude that is going to be able to find something in your price range that's going to be able to talk you through it and that's going to let you walk out the door if you want to go think about it, right? He's going to be a guy that's going to respond to your tweets at 1130 on Saturday night if you want to talk about basketball or your engagement ring. Mm. You know, your email, phone call, whatever. Lee is always on call for you. He is where you need. If you're thinking about um, proposing to your lady or your fella, or if you're a fella thinking about proposing to your fella, I don't know. Are there engagement rings in that case? Whatever, whatever you're looking for in terms of an engagement ring, in, in terms of jewelry, it's LL Pavorsky, LL Pavorsky Jewelers, which is uh, 707 Walnut, LLPavorsky.com. Or you can reach out to Lee on Twitter at LL Pavorsky. The phone number of the shop, you can call Lee, 215-627-2252. And as our official jeweler and sponsor of the Ricky, Lee makes a very generous donation to the Alzheimer's Association uh, of the Delaware Valley and Rain for L- for every podcast. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. You can't get to the moon by going to another jeweler. <laughs> oh, he should use that one. That's a real one. Yeah, that yeah. one felt like a real like. Yeah, that's a good one. So the other trades that happened, I've been thinking a lot about the Tobias Harris trade. Interestingly enough, I like it when you think. So, I uh, a a very regular uh, listener, one of our most dedicated listeners, uh, Marty Teller. Was, uh, was very big on Tobias Harris last year as a Sixers offseason target. And um, I was a little sort of like wishy-washy on him because uh-huh. when, I was, when I was going through his numbers, I was like, well, the only thing that improved, and this was like halfway through the season, is his three-point percentage. And he's been in the league four other years or whatever, three other years, and that three-point percentage was never near that number. And then back, and then you go to this. He shot, I think, thirty six percent from three last year. And then you go back to this year, and he's back to thirty one percent. And every he's been in the league five years. So uh, my initial reaction for this trade was that it was a really good trade for Detroit. And yeah. like, why would Orlando trade for Brandon Jennings and uh, what's his name, Ilyasova, for a young guy like Tobias Harris? But every every statistic from rebound rate to steal percentage to block percentage to like everything is the same for Tobias Harris over his five years in the NBA. And I wonder if he's maybe just like tops up. Seems like he's better than see, yeah. Seems like he has more potential than he has. So that was the only trade that I thought about for very long after it happened. The Tobias Harris trade also – I've been down on Brandon Jennings forever. I've yes. never never liked him. Yeah, I agree um, there. And Ilya Sova I think is solid and he almost does what – you know, it, it's what everything Orlando did. I guess it's just to save money. But, you know, they trade Channing Fry, who is uh, one of the best jump-shooting big men in the league. Yeah. And then trade Tobias Harris, who's versatile and – Tough to cover in the post. He can step inside. He can step outside. When he shot, when he shoots the ball at a thirty-six percent rate, then that's especially a weapon. Yeah. And the hope is that he can get back to that. For Ilyasova, who is sort of like a worse hybrid of both guys. Um, and I, I guess I just don't, I don't see what they're doing. I mean, are, are they folding on this year, playoff-wise, or I mean, I, I get it in the sense of saving money for next year because you want to try to go out and get. Free agents. I don't think anybody's coming to Orlando, um, and to open up space for Aaron Gordon. I think that's probably the best version of it, um, to of the reason you do the trade. But yeah. I, I don't understand it from any side. The the Pistons side, 
I really like the team that they have. Uh, I, I guess it's I like it from the outside because if the Sixers had that team, I'd probably be a little less uh, pumped about the future. Um, but in terms of the core, it's really good. Reggie Jackson, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, Stanley Johnson, uh, now Tobias Harris, and Andre Drummond. And I would add Spencer Dinwiddie, but maybe, you know, maybe some people wouldn't. I think he'll be a sixer eventually. Um, there's there's a lot of good there, and it's it's I want to be able to hate Stan Van Gundy uh, because seems he, like he's doing a good job though. But he seems like he's doing a good job, yeah. And uh, I think that the the deal also looks worse, the Tobias Harris trade, because the next day, this was made the day before the trade deadline. The next day, uh, three players worse than Tobias Harris got traded for first-round picks. And Detroit didn't have to give up a first-round pick in that trade. Right. So it looks it looks, it looks looks weird for Orlando. I think Detroit makes a bit of a run at, you know, a, a second-round playoff picture. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, what they're doing is they're trying to build from their young core. Everyone's like 26, 27 or younger. Yeah. And they're trying to say, hey, if these guys all get better, if Andre Drummond gets better and Stanley Johnson becomes the guy we think he's going to become, then we will grow and hopefully be you know, an actual weapon in the, in the East for a while. Yeah, um, and Reggie Jackson's better than I thought he was going to be, honestly. Like he's been – he's surprising. I didn't think he was going to be that good. I went from liking him to not liking him to sort of liking him again. So, Yeah, I think he's – I'm sort of middle on him. I think he's Jeff Teague-esque, just in terms of like his fineness. Don't you think? Um, I think he has more guts than Jeff Teague, though. I know yeah. that that's a that's a silly thing to say, but I, that's sure. sort of how it feels. I think it's because he puts it on on the defensive end. Yeah, that's what you see. But uh, but yeah, I mean Reggie Jackson is like the perfect pick and roll player. And then Detroit also Detroit then gave up the first round pick right to get. Monte Yunus the next day? Yeah, top eight protected first-round pick for Monte Yunus, which yeah. is interesting. I would do that. I, I think that's a fine – you know what yeah. I mean? Because, like, really, if you're going – I know the problem with Monte Yunus is that, you know, now he's got some years in the league and he has a back problem, so you're not getting him, you know, rookie contract forever. But if if you're talking about, like, pick 13, if you would you – like, would you take the projection of Monte Yunus as a successful – you know, uh, gamble for pick thirteen, and I would say well, yes. I think it'd be closer to like seventeen, also, but uh, because they're, I think they're going to make the playoffs. Okay, sure. all right, yeah, sure. Um, in this draft, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think you, you know, you see what he is as a pro, and then the thing is, I believe he's a restricted free agent, so you'd have to re-sign him after the offseason. I think that's what the plan okay. is. They're going to give him, you know, a three, four year deal, um, and and you know, show him we want to be here. Um, so yeah, I think Detroit will be a you know what Toronto has been the last like three or four years, um, with maybe maybe a better player and in, in Drummond in the middle. So I think that's it, it's it'll be fun. It'll make the East between Toronto and uh, Boston and you know whoever's still up there. Charlotte is making runs. It's 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 fun. It's a fun playoff picture in the East. And I I guess I don't I like I if 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 the Cavs had gotten Channing Frye. Then I would, I would be more confident in them uh, taking it hands down. But I think that there's still a, a few weapons short, and uh, and so I don't think it's as it's as easy of a run for the Cavs 
as it had been in the past. But that would be weird because LeBron is so easily the best player in the East. Um, so if other teams beat LeBron, it would be sort of contradictory to the argument that we've made all along that you need to have the best player to really make a difference. Well, I mean, look, that team is one of the more unfun teams to watch with the amount of talent they have than I can yeah. ever remember. It's the least fun LeBron team I've ever seen. Um, and I was like a LeBron guy forever. But yeah. he became I, – I think what, what happened was was that like, you know, he – he was a really fun do-everything guy before Miami. It was really fun to watch him take all the shots. and But now, at this point in his career, it's a lot less fun to watch him do that because it's less it – may, may, I don't know what the numbers say, but I know it's less efficient than it was in Miami. And I just feel like that team is just like – is like a, like not fun at all to watch. And I, yeah. I, I don't – they don't instill very much confidence in me when I'm watching them. I don't know. It's like, it's like corporate. Yeah, yeah, like, and and I I feel like, I don't know, LeBron playing more four would be, I just don't think he needs to be playing point guard on every possession, and I, I don't know, I think it, and it, his shooting has has gone has really gone, but I don't like watching them very much. I, I'm not no. I'm not big on watching them. So no, uh, and I wish we got Markeith Morris because I like Markeith. No, Morris. I do, I do wish we got Markeith Morris. The Sixers are all so likable you want markeith morris coming in and taking carl landry's minutes <laughs> that's what you want can we talk about some good sam hinky quotes from the presser yeah. the next day let's do it all right quote one uh joel Embiid will be raring they hope he will be quote raring to go for next season but he probably will not play in summer league sam saying that he would be hoping that the goal is to get him ready for the season and not get him ready to play in utah in june though that all seems very reasonable to me like a summer of wondering whether he can play or not and not seeing him is really sort of a bummer to me even though i understand it that quote is like outside of his philosophical quotes, which we'll get to, is yeah. like nine out of ten on the hinky scale. Like <laughs> saying we're so excited about this guy, he's probably not going to play. Yeah. Just, it's perfect. It's so perfect. Hinky, I want to rate all of the quotes as like how hinky they are. Um, By the way, I love how we'll get to this, but I love how hinky, hinky, I think is way more masterful. Maybe this is because I like him in his subtweeting of Colangelo oh. than Colangelo is to Hinky, right? Yes, a hundred percent. Just say, he said he had the quote. I mean, I retweeted Rich saying it. Ownership has indicated they want me to be here for a very long time. Yeah, but he's so complimentary to Colangelo, and even when he said when he was talking about how the trade went down, how he says that he called the owners and then called Colangelo. Like yeah. he went and got permission and then he called Colangelo. I love it. Yeah. And he, but he's like, oh, he's great. He's a great resource. He Anytime answers I the phone. Call him, he answers the phone. He calls me back. Yeah. But I really am the one that is doing it. And he's calling. Man, the guy gets on a phone faster than you've ever seen yeah. any old guy get on the phone. It, even, it, late uh, even, even late at night. Even late at night. Even late at night. Well, thank God there's the time difference. But you know, uh, it's really, it's really great. I like it a lot. But um, yeah, Colangelo is just saying like, yeah, it's my call. I'm saying all the stuff. And yeah. I think it's a little bit like asking your stepdad if you can like go do a thing that you're gonna do anyway. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can yeah. I go to the movies? Just say yes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So the Embiid thing. 
I, are you on the same page? I mean, it seems reasonable he wouldn't play in summer league, but it's sort was, of a bummer. I was hoping I was hoping that he would because I mean, could you imagine the packed house? I was there for Wiggins versus Jabari, and that was crazy. Imagine if Embiid finally plays after two years, like oh my people god, people will lose their mind. Yeah, I'm gonna I would have to camp out with my press credential. Yep. Yeah, uh, it'd be great. Um, but no, I I agree. It's like. At a certain at a certain point, you have to sort of let him out of the shell. But on, on a scale, on the list of things that you'd want to do, having like Lloyd Pierce coach him in in a very like cutthroaty summer league where everybody's trying to yeah make a team. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily the best thing. I would I still would like to see him play a little bit, but uh, but you know I could see him I could see him just I think he's probably just saying that to be like all right July is you know, faster than we think. So let's at least give ourselves to October. If he's ready in July and wants to play and they want to see it, then it's like, all right, let's do it. There's no saying that he wouldn't just play him because he already said he wouldn't, you know, um, it really is just all about Embiid. That's honestly, it's, it's all that matters. Yeah. And he was very, uh, you know, his normal hinky self where he's excited, but measured in his response about him. You know, we, yeah. we still think he has a chance to have a great career, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. uh, next, po- uh, well, we'll just get to the, the better quotes, I think. Well, I mean, he said uh, until we get to the good quotes that there was a lot of, he was excited about the amount of interest there was in not just, uh, Noel and Okafor, but he was talking about like Covington and Jeremy Grant. Um, he said that he was, you know, it was proof of their, you know, development, I guess, that there were teams calling about those guys as well. Yeah. There are a lot of people, I forget who tweeted this, but someone said that uh, if you listen to press conferences after the deadline, everybody's getting calls, nobody's making calls. Yes. Yeah. 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 Which is hilarious, right? Yeah. Yeah. Somehow there's all these conversations, but nobody's calling it. Nobody's getting, yeah. nobody's being shopped. Yeah. My um, assistant made the call. I just happened to pick it up. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. You don't get to the moon by climbing a tree. That's the best one. <laughs> that's the best one. Let me ask I, you. I feel like that's got to be a shirt too. Is it the best one ever? It's, I mean, it's certainly close. The most, it's metaphorically and just visually, you just see it, and he's just pissing on other teams. Yeah, and I like that a lot. Uh, I think it might be the best one ever. Yeah, it's also. I feel like. Well, maybe this is just me again. Is it possible he's like ever putting out there? Hey, if there's a stupid trade, like I'm making it clear that it wasn't me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like with his quotes are so. Like oh, so that, that consistent. Hedging, you think yeah. that was hedging his bets against like an eventual like uh, tree climbing Colangelo trade? E- correct. I mean, not definitely, but maybe. You know, okay. I'm overthinking all of it. But, well, the, but the back the back end of that quote was, I believe, and then like calling with an update at every branch. Right. right. Yep. 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 Um. So I think it was more to other teams that are like, you know, I don't know. Whoever, well, just you, trying to get to like, okay, we're just gonna, you know, fight our way into five hundred, that kind of thing. Well, and I think to the criticism of people that are like, well, you know, why aren't they getting any better? And I think his point is that like, you know, it's not about getting better a little bit at a time, and then all of a sudden you look and you've gotten, you know, 
uh, a little bit better every year and then you're really good. Like sometimes you just, you build it and then you take off. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you get better and better and better and then you're good. So, um, not better and better, and better, but I mean like you, you, you don't take off until you're ready to take off. Sure, yeah, yeah. So yeah. the next one, um, the draft and free agency is littered with the mistakes of short-sighted thinking. Yeah. I yeah, love those it. are the kinds of stuff he's been saying forever. That's just yeah. he's just a very uh, he everything is very well worded. I will say, and maybe I, I would have to go back to other press conferences and listen, but it seems like he was umming and liking more than he had in the past. Huh? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because now he has to sort of bite his tongue a little bit. Yeah, but he's always kind of had to. I guess now he has to do a little bit more. You know, he'll call even when it's late. You know, he's in Phoenix, you know, sort of putting out there that it's not that late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot about how uh, Colangelo's nap schedule. Yeah, um, I, I guess that's all. I, I mean, he was, you know, normal. Uh, it's funny, we, we hadn't brought up Joel in. Now, I thought it was pronounced Cutter, but is it not pronounced? I thought Q-A-T-A-R was pronounced Cutter, but I guess is I've heard a million different um, responses. It's very Sixers and very processed that he that that's where he's rehabbing. Um, I think it's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't read all the big articles about it, but it seems like yes, that's where the best facility is. It's just funny that he's going there uh, because it's so far away and so such a name that you don't really hear. But people are like, yeah, yeah, that's the place. So it's like, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's all I have from... I want to talk about the Kings for a second and how oh, okay. they almost... Uh, there's that big rumor with the Kings and the Bulls where Pau Gasol would, want to, would go to Sacramento and, and I guess like Ben McLemore and Costa Kofis would, would come to Chicago, but they wanted also to lower the protections on the... Oh, right. Like we had that. to say yes for it to happen. Yeah, so the Bulls... So the Bulls own their... It's a little complicated over the next couple of years because this year and next year... If Tom Ziller had a really good article about it on SB Nation about about the Kings uh, draft pick protection scenarios, um, but if if the Kings are land in the top ten the next two years, then the pick that they owe to the Bulls gets extinguished, and it opens themselves up to pick swapping with the Sixers if they land higher in the lottery. So if it lands outside the pick either of the years, whichever happens first then the Bulls will get the Kings pick. And then the Sixers get the pick in, you know, two years after that, the, their unprotected pick. So the what the Bulls were asking for was a lowering of the protections for this year. And in order to lower the protections of this year, they'd have to creep into the Sixers territory of top 10. So the Bulls came very close, and the Kings, to giving the Sixers something to lower the pick protections from top 10 protected to top you know, five, seven protected. Which is hilarious because we would never, ever use it unless it was top five, which makes it even more hilarious. Yes. It, like, it, it means it – the Sixers, it wouldn't affect them at all this year. Next year I could see them being like, you know, it, there's more up in the air. But this, this year, basically because the Kings are only jumping into the top three, they're not going to be bad enough to get to – four or five or whatever. The Sixers would only use the pick swap if the Kings jumped into the top three and the Sixers fell behind them. Uh, so anything outside of top three, the Sixers could have just said yes to without 
really any consequences at all. But they're the Sixers, so I think I'm sure Hinky was like, "What can I get out of this? Let's 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 see what happens." And the trade talks fell through. But if the Sixers got more out of that Nick Stauskas trade, just from simply the Bulls being like, "Hey, we want this," and the Kings being like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," I would really love that. If we, if we had gotten like a Ben McLemore or, or anything, any, hey, anything, really. anything would, at all, well, yeah. But like, yeah, if we got a couple second round picks for just nothing, that would have made uh, that would have made that Ish, Ish Smith trade feel pretty good. Uh, uh, Kings, man. Yeah, I'm so. I really want. I really want that pick swap to, to happen. Yeah, I would, especially if they take. I mean, them jumping from nine to one or something to swap would be one mm. of the most amazing things ever. Amazing, mm. amazing, right? Yeah, I think that would be no matter what. I would say the process worked. Let's go home. Uh, a quick thing before we get to, uh, last night's game. Um. And uh, I want to mention the Chris Bosch thing. Uh, I mentioned a few podcasts ago that the Liberty Ballers comment section has become like a war zone. And uh, again, I don't think I can have this effect, but I got an email of somebody very concerned that that my reaction to that was going to make people not post. I think people should post a lot on the LB comment section. I <laughs> I just don't think that they should be mean to each other. And by the way, prop, first of all, congratulations to Kyle Newbeck, who is now a, um, a official – what is his title now? Editor or co-editor or – it's him and yeah. Jake now, right? Sean stepped down and Kyle Yeah, Sean's, is, Sean's still doing doing some stuff. But uh, but in terms of who's running the day-to-day site, it's uh, it's Jake and Kyle. The uh, but but Kyle banned like one of the people on the LB comment section that was really really mean, and I just want to give Kyle credit. Good. Please post away, just don't be mean. Um, the uh, the game last night, I'll tell you, it left one, it left two, three, three things, three things I left feeling. One thing, I love Nerlens. It was a, a great Nerlens game. The second thing was, boy, I really don't like Okafor. Mm-hmm. Um, his three fouls in five minutes and, you know, it was very Okafor night. Sure. But then the other thing was, is the rest of this season is going to be a true struggle, like, to watch. Because with the trade deadline over and them just settling into normal bad territory, I mean, I, I watched that game last night, but I think it was the first time since the, like, toward the end of the streak where I was just... It was just I didn't have a ton of fun watching that game last night. Oh, okay. Well, the yeah. fourth thing that you thought was that Kendall Marshall was back, right? Oh yeah, what nine points, three assists, I think he had. And he's by back. the way, Isaiah Cannon has nuts. I, I love Isaiah Cannon. Oh. I hope he's a Sixer forever. He was. Oh. He, it was him. It was. He was the reason they were still in the game. He oh. led the comeback. Come on. I was really hoping that some some contender was looking for an Eddie House type. <laughs> and give us anything for Isaiah. I would like him to not be here. Who do you um, think has a longer NBA career, Isaiah Cannon or Nick Stauskas? Stauskas. For sure? For me, Stauskas. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to ever say otherwise. Okay, all right. He's, I mean, you, you were talking about it yesterday on Twitter. I mean, like, he's just got to get stronger, and he will. And he's a really good shooter. He's a very good shooter, and he does more. He can do more with the basketball than Cannon. And I think that once he gets stronger, he'll be able to be a better defender than Cannon. 
Uh, yeah, well, he has to get strong. I think that the strength actually uh, affects his shooting uh, sometimes too because when he has to get a shot off quickly and he's not totally set, I feel like the strength is a detriment for him as well. I'll work with him. I'll work with him. I'm excited. I think we should get him back on the podcast. Uh, well, talk, I got – After the season's over, just to be like, hey, talk about what, how the season went. Um, I've got bad news for you, um, and I don't know if this is reflective of um, his feelings toward the podcast. It's probably not, but he uh, he unfollowed me on Twitter. Bro, that sucks. Yeah. I mean, I don't care, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I, I'm actually glad that – Yeah. Because you, then you feel, like, weird about it. Yeah, yep. You can't be on like I every time I would tweet about the Sixers, I would think he was gonna watch like read it at some point. I don't know. There's so, people that I work with that when they follow me, I'll kinda of be like, Oh fuck, now I have to like think about this person reading my tweets. Yeah. And then I'll just forget about it and tweet the same dumb shit I've been tweeting for seven years. Yeah, here's the thing. Don't read my tweets. You know? Don't read my tweets. Yeah. Put yourself on private. That'd be a good move. Yeah, yeah, don't read my t- – What? well, you know what? No, unfollow me. Just stop reading my tweets. You if go. You know, just <laughs> everyone, don't read my tweets. Chris Bosh, did they say what I- – now, I didn't see a an announcement whether he was going to play again this year. It um, seemed like he was. He's, uh, You know, people are optimistic. It seems he says he's, he'll be back and it'll be, it'll be okay. That's sort of a bummer. I feel bad for him. I hope he, I hope he winds up okay. Also for our pick, I hope it's 11. I really hope it's 11. Yeah, it's – I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I think you can feel bad about Chris Bosh because he seems like a really great dude and is a good player and also be like, okay, well, this exists, so let's talk about how it affects the Sixers. Yeah. I, think you can, I think you can do both things. I don't feel like quite a huge shithead for doing that. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they won last night, but they are – Right in that mix for falling out of the playoffs. I mean, Detroit is coming. Um, Charlotte, like all those guys, they could could step up and drop them down to, you know, 12, 13. That'd be great. That's the dream. What are you doing? You, you rustling around over there? Yeah, I dropped my... I'm in a really uncomfortable position. I'm sitting in a chair I don't normally sit in, and I was trying to move my mic and move my person. But uh, I should have just waited till the podcast was over. Podcast is almost over anyway. So, um, you have anything else? I don't. That was the end of my list. Did I miss anything from this week? We haven't. We haven't done Jigsaw in a while. Oh yeah, like we're, like we're a different show. Yeah. Um, well, I don't have one prepared for today. Okay. I think the, the problem, the pro- I need to get back into normal jigsaw. The problem is, I used to have this huge bank of them because I was doing it on the air, and now I'm not on the. I was doing Would You Rather on the air, so I, my head would be working every day, and it hasn't been working. But I'll get back to it. Okay. Yeah, I'll get back to it. When's when do the Sixers win their next game? Who we got next? Uh, let's look. Sixers. Are they gonna Are they gonna win on process night? Well, they have to win on process night, right? Or no, I mean, if it makes sense, they don't. They actually winning on process night is wrong. They should, they should lead going into the last five minutes of the fourth quarter and then blow it on process. You mean you're saying a? uh, Sorry, I can't think of the word. Uh, A feel good. I mean, a feel good loss. Yes, a feel good loss. So tomorrow they play. They're at Dallas, which is a win. Then Tuesday at home against Orlando, win. Then 
Wednesday back to back at Detroit, so that seems like a win. And yeah, then, I mean, they and then always, Friday they always crush Stan Van. And then Friday is uh, the process night. So big big W is coming. Yeah, four no four no week. So uh, I do enjoy seeing the Knicks ten ten games under five hundred. Do you enjoy that or no? Yeah, well, especially because they don't have a pick this year. They are, you know, everybody talks about the Nets being stuck. The Knicks are stuck too. I mean, the Knicks just have one guy that the Nets don't. Yes, and I, absolutely. I, you could even say two if you want to throw Carmelo in there. Sure. They got to trade him, don't they? I mean, years for years, yes. Yeah. I can't imagine why he wouldn't, like, if he's like, hey, we're going to trade you to Cleveland. I can't imagine. He'd have well, to. Because you know what? He doesn't want. Here's the thing. Here's what I'll say. You'd rather if, win than, like, be in, like, I, I just, you know, cities are cities. Like, there's going to be bars and cool if you like that sort of thing there's yeah. gonna be cool stuff to do it's I, not like you're going to a ranch this isn't like paris hilton in like a town having to what show is that i don't remember pa- you referencing? <laughs> oh wait when paris hilton and nicole ritchie were going places or yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly that no i i don't i don't remember that it was something um i i don't i think sometimes we forget these are Oh, this is all I'll say is I think sometimes we forget these are people and this came up not to bring up the Phillies and start a fight but um, when Chase Utley was was around and people were like and he wasn't like approving trades or when Jimmy Rollins wasn't approving trades and everybody was like well don't you want to go play for a winner and blah 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 and there's something to be said for hey I live here and you know and I know Carmelo I don't think Carmelo has any kids but sometimes yes you would like to win but also, you know, I don't know if if somebody said to me, I, I my radio station is very successful anyway. But let's say it wasn't. Let's say it was a middling radio station. But I was happy and I liked my job. And they were like, "Well, you get to work for this great radio station, but you have to live in Kansas City." I think there was part of me that would say, eh, "You know what? I sort of like living here, and I'd rather live here." and maybe work for this so-so radio station than work for a great radio station in Kansas City. Especially if the money's the same, you know? If the money's the same, I don't know. Maybe it just doesn't yeah, want to move. It, it's, money's not the same because money means more anywhere else than it does in New York. Well, right. But when, you have, when you're making $25 million a year, you know, he's comfortable in New York. It's, it's, sure. not, it's not cost prohibitive for him. <laughs> yeah, it's, the cost you know. of living, I don't really think affects him that much. No, I think, uh, I think if he was making $50,000, Cleveland and New York might, might be, a, a, you know, a very big deal to him. But, you know, I think – I don't know. I, I just think it's possible. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just, think, I'm just saying it's possible that some people are like, well, I like my quality of life here and I, I actually like the organization. I like my teammates and we're not there's winning. no way he likes the organization. Maybe he does. New York? I don't know. Maybe he does. They let him do what he does whatever he wants, right? I mean Yeah, I guess. I guess it's just a matter of like some the people that look at it as like, hey, this is my job. I just want to go to work every day and do the same job. Or the people that are like, I wanna ring. I wanna win. I don't wanna be in this dog shit place anymore where Phil Jackson is just angling to make moves and gets a move to LA. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm cu- I I wonder. I wonder if and and I think, you know, his his list of teams he would go to would probably be pretty short. So 
the you know I don't think he'd want to go to Cleveland you know I don't think he'd want to live in Cleveland I think I think he probably if they trade him he ends up in at the, the L A or Miami those are the two yeah, or, even, or even Houston Houston would if yeah. there was a piece there that would make sense but that'd be cool hey uh, I'm just looking at the standings are you looking at the standings right now because don't if you are okay I'm not uh, who is the third worst team in the East you know the Sixers and I'm you I assume you know the Nets who is right. the third worst Okay, Record. so let me think. It's not the Bucks, is it? It's the Bucks. Oh my God, that is hilarious. Yeah, it's really funny. What if they win the lottery? Then that won't be funny at all. No, that wouldn't be funny. That would not be funny. But you know what? Are... Let me tell you something. If they win the lottery, that that might be somebody who would trade that pick, right? I mean, I I don't know. Another guy, another long guy who can't shoot. If you already have Giannis, I mean, could you sucker them into trading that, that pick? I could. I could see you know them getting suckered into trading like Jabari, yeah, or yeah. one of those guys. I, I feel like if they, you know, I don't think they're dumb enough to be like, okay, Ben Simmons or or Brandon Ingram right. on a rookie contract, you know, for four more years. I, I think they would probably be like, okay, these guys are better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that'd be interesting. That would be that would be an interesting team to get one of the top two picks. Well, yeah, especially if they, I, you know, I don't know, I know very little about Brandon Ingram, but if Ingram fits them better than than uh, than Ben Simmons does, like if if you have number two, you know what I mean? If that's mm-hmm. a trade that you're able to make, if you're able to get them from one to two to guarantee the guy that you want, if you really want Simmons, yeah, yeah I think it'd be interesting. Um, yeah, Ingram Ingram is basically Jabari with more defensive instincts and uh and he's longer. Does he have the same like sort of chubby arms or No, in- Ingram is very skinny. Okay. Well then I would like him better. Yeah. I like uh, skinny guys. You sure. Why not? You he looks he's, he's a little spike Eskin type. <laughs> uh we're we're on a fast track to May, my friend. I know. The lottery, I mean, believe it or not, Rice to Ricky Sanchez night is Friday, and then the bus trip is in like three weeks, which is crazy. And then before you know it, we're going to be at the lottery. It's going to be the lottery party. It's it's very exciting. I'm, I'm very excited for all of it. This is, you know, much like this is the off season that the Sixers have been building toward in some respects. Yeah, this, is the, this is the lottery party that we've been building toward. I mean, this is, I mean, think about this. There is a possibility of... You know, a thousand people at the lottery party. You know, that's unreal. It's crazy. So, That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be dumb. I gave some pretty dumb interviews last year. I hope we get a couple more of those. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me throw this out there. Everybody who was covering it looked totally unhappy covering it. <laughs> uh, who, the, who, wh- interviewed me? who interviewed me? What was her name? I, well, I know. Uh, was it somebody from Sportsnet? I don't. I like. I know the Evs. The I think Evs- it was Amy Fadul, Amy Fadul, I think. Wasn't okay, it? she was probably okay with it. Yeah, she seemed cool. Yeah, Amy's, Amy's, you know, Amy's cool. Like the Evster from the Seven Hundred Level Show did not want to be there. Yeah. CBS Three, our partners, definitely did not want to be there. I want, uh, I want Gonzo there next year. Gonzalo. Yeah, he better be there. Um, what's it called? Uh, uh, who else didn't look? Uh, well, the Sixers people, Sandro and Max, were both. Fine, I think they, they were, were fine I, to be there. You know, I know Max, but he he was a little uncomfortable. I think he was, uh, you know, I think he felt weird that he was there as like a as like a Sixers guy. Right. And so I think now that he's fully immersed in in our world, 
Yep. That, uh, that he'll be able to, you know, let his hair down a little bit. Yeah, well, I look forward to a huge article on the complex about the lottery party this year yeah, because of that. Yeah, for Max. sure, for sure. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm very excited for May. Less than three months. Yeah, it's going to be Less. good. It's going to be good, buddy. Um, yeah, man. All right, that's all I got. Uh, well, as always, Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rice to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. 707 Walnut in Philly, always at LLPavorsky.com. Are you down with TTP? You know lick face. All right, see you. See you, bud. Like I said, hold your head, son, and only take a second. Check it out now.